Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching today right here in my office. And I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm thankful to be here with God's Word. Uh, just always acknowledging, always thankful that we have Bibles, that we have the Word of God before us, that we can live by true faith. The Bible calls true faith a true heart, full assurance of faith. And, and this is part two of chapter three. It's where we are today. Uh, there are, uh, I think, uh, 12 sessions in chapter two, 23 sessions in chapter one or something along the lines of that. So uh, avail yourself to those. If you are not watching on the YouTube uh, channel, uh, if you haven't watched there recently, all of our teachings and, and services are uploaded at Curtis Hutchinson 316 on our YouTube channel. I encourage you to go to that uh, channel there on YouTube and just avail yourself to the teaching. We preached a message last night that the body of Christ desperately needs to hear. It will remove so much deception and bring such clarity, not only to the Word of God, but the light will shine brighter on exactly where you are with the desires of your heart. And I encourage you to go back uh, and listen to that message from last night uh, and today. If you, in case you're watching this somewhere down the road and you don't know well, what last night was, last night was the 29th of August 2018. So go back. The desires of our heart was the name of the message, and I promise you, it's going to it's going to enlighten you. God's going to move on your heart and show you some things. But today we are in the book of Romans. We're in chapter three, and as always, I will back up and read the first two verses before we move into where we are be traveling today. In chapter 3 of Romans, what advantage then has the Jew or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, the Apostle Paul says, chiefly, mainly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. God had committed His word unto the nation of Israel. He, he, he began with Abraham and began to build a nation. And, and through that nation, he would bring the word of the Lord. He would bring the commandments. He would bring the, the, the oracles of instruction on how to uh, build a temple. And all of that was always pointing to his son, Jesus Christ, that would come one day. And that's something the church needs to get back to. I, I fear that the church really mainly has never even known that. And I'll show you just how detailed and how serious and how uh, uh, real... <clears throat> what I just said was, the Bible says in Proverbs 8 and 8, all the words of God's mouth, everything He's ever spoken, is in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. And the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ and what God did in Christ, reconciling sinners to Himself through the cross not, not, not imputing their trespasses unto them through the cross, but acknowledging them by their faith in Christ and His righteous work on the cross as righteous themselves in Christ. But the Bible there says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 as well that He has committed unto us, born again, children of God, the word of reconciliation. That's the word that's been committed to the children of God. And that word of reconciliation is a word of righteousness. And, 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 it, it, and Hebrews 5 bears that out. God's words and Proverbs 8 and 8 
Every word God has ever spoken can only be understood, received, and bring forth fruit if it's seen, understood, and, and, and we place faith in its righteous context. Its righteous context, which always is found in and through the gospel. Outside the message of the cross, God's word can't help you. Outside of the gospel, God's word will always be something that, that, that's hard uh, for us to be able to function in and, and then we'll quit and we'll be up and down and all around and, and we won't have understand. Well, I just don't understand that. But when we understand what God has said, first of all to you and me, that every word he's ever spoken is in righteousness. So to understand whatever it is we're reading we can't understand if we'll just go back with our faith to the cross, the place of righteousness granted, not just initially to save us and to cause us to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but to be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness daily and to be able to bear forth the fruits of His righteousness daily our faith must be in the gospel. Then the Holy Spirit can turn the light on that the word of God should be to us. Amen. And we can have understanding. Praise God. So I wanted to bring that out early on in this half hour teaching that we do on Romans twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays in the mornings. That Paul here, he's already told them circumcision outwardly doesn't make you a Jew. Read the end of chapter 2. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the circumcision of the heart inwardly that makes you a Jewish, which means a people of God, not some outward mark. Uh, you know, Paul in the book of Galatians chapter 4, he calls the law weak and beggarly. He, he accuses the, the Galatians of turning back to that which is weak and beggarly, going back into bondage again because they were turning from faith in the cross to faith in the law. Why were, was that? Because they were hearing a message now that was not the message that was committed to the new covenant people, which is the message of the word of reconciliation, but they were hearing still the word of the law of the old covenant, which God, through Paul the apostle, said, that's weak and beggarly. That has been done away with. Christ has fulfilled all that. In Him is our reconciliation. And when we try to use the law to learn anything other than Christ and what He's already accomplished for us, then we're not going to hear the voice of the Son of God. We're not going to hear the voice of grace speaking to us, the Spirit of grace. We're going to hear law. And so Paul goes on to say in verse 3, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Now think about that question. That is so powerful. What if some of those that had the word of God, the oracles of God committed unto them, if they did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? And Paul answers that, God forbid. Boy, those two words right there. We need to always make sure we stop when we see that because it is God saying, I forbid. I for this is not just Paul. We need to get away from Paul, and we need to always speak of God, the Holy Spirit, through Paul. God speaking to the church in Rome here. 
If you just think it's Paul, you'll eventually put the book on the shelf. But when you see it's God the Holy Spirit speaking through men, as He always does, then you'll begin to get a little more interested in what the Bible says. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let me give you this example. If every person on the planet right now, every person lost, saved, everybody, if they just threw in the towel and said, no more Christ, no more Jesus, we don't believe that for a second. We're out of here after what we saw in space last night, after what we experienced over here. I'm done with God. I'm done with the Bible. I'm done with Jesus Christ. It if that if that weren't it, it won't, but if that ever happened, this is just an example. God is still true and ever man would be a liar. I want you to know that. I want you to know that I wrote something down. I, I like putting these little things uh, down on paper when I'm studying. Let God be true and ever man a liar. Faithfulness and truthfulness cannot be separated. God is faithful. God is truthful. He that is truthful is faithful. And he that is faithful is truthful. Think about that. You can't separate that. You find somebody that's faith that's that that's being faithful, it's because they're walking in the truth. They're being truthful about things. You find somebody that claims they're walking in the truth, if they are, then they're faithful. Amen. Faithful, truthful. Can't separate those two things. Faithful and truthful. Amen. Listen to a couple of scriptures I have written down for you this morning. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 32.4 says this, He is the rock, speaking of our God, Jesus Christ. He is the rock. His work is perfect. All His ways are judgment. A God of truth without iniquity, just and right, is He. All His ways are our judgment. Think about that. And we see in the scripture, God forbid, yea, let every God, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you mightest be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you're judged. Now this goes all the way back to Psalms 51 and 4, where David is is is, is telling the Lord, it's all it's got to be your judgment. Because your judgment, in, in your judgment, God, you always overcome in your judgment. It doesn't matter. God cannot be a liar. He, he cannot lie. His judgment is always correct. His judgment is always true. And if you want to think about this, if you back up to chapter 2 in Romans, you will see, let's back up here, chapter 2, in, in, in verse 2, Paul writes this, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth according to truth. And when in verse 4 of this third chapter of Romans, he says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings. God is always justified in His Word because He can't speak a lie. He can't speak anything wrong. That you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you're judged. When I judge God, 
And we do. We judge God every day. We judge whether He's worthy to be praised. We judge whether He's worthy enough and knows what's best for me. Best for me telling me to study the Word. I'll study the Word. God, you telling me to. You must want me to have something to walk in a place. He tells me in the Word and to be in the house of God, to worship and to praise Him, to be in the congregation, to not forsake the assembling together of myself. If, listen, if I come up with any excuse as to why I'm not committed and not faithful to to the house of God, then I'm not being truthful. Remember, you can't separate those things. And my judgment is that God doesn't quite know what I know, and I'll even use other scriptures to try to refute God and, 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 and get out of what God's judgment has already given me. See, we judge God every day. We judge today that God sent His Son. He died on the cross for us because He loved us and gave Himself for us. Hallelujah. We make judgment. It's our judgment of the cross that allows the love of Christ to constrain us while we're talking about that. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. I like it when we get moved across the pages by the Holy Ghost. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 5 and 14. For the love of Christ constrains us, holds us, keeps us steady the course because we thus judge. What do we judge? That if one died for all, then all were dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not from now on live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Our judgment. We make judgment of God every day. Sunday mornings, we judge God. Does he know best? I'll get up and go to the house of God if I'm judging him correctly. Hallelujah. Think about that. Think about that. We judge God every day. Mm, that's powerful. But let's read verse 4 again in Romans chapter 3. God forbid that because some people won't believe God, that God is unfaithful. God is always faithful. And they can't make the faith of God without effect for those who do believe. You know, I've thought about this before and Folks just determine, I'm not talking about folks that live somewhere where there is no gospel preaching church. There is no focus of the word pointing to Calvary. There is no church preaching the message of the cross for sanctification. You need to stay home and watch somebody on media. But if you have a church nearby you preaching the gospel, you need to get in it. You need to get planted. That's the new covenant way. That's the judgment of God for the new covenant. Amen. And when you judge... Not. I'm, I'm not going to do that. You're judging God. You're judging God because when you judge His Word, the judgment you put on His Word is the judgment you put on Him because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. I'm talking about John 1, 1 and 2 and verse 14. The Word became flesh, Jesus Christ. So your relationship with Jesus is the same as your relationship with the Word that is God. Amen. Don't you can't sit at home and, and 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 think you're all close to the Lord Jesus, walking with the Lord when you're you're placing a judgment. You're judging God, but I don't have to be. I don't I don't go to church. Listen, I don't know a per, and I'm gonna say this. Some people are not gonna like it, but that's okay. Your faithfulness to the people of God is the same faithfulness you have to your own personal family at home. You you can't separate that. 
I guarantee it. The folks that just can't get along with people and they can't be in church, they got big issues at home too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We might, we might not want people to know that, but that's the way it is. People who can't get along with people in church and they've been in 30 churches because they just can't get along with people, oh, no, they've got their excuses. That's their judgment. But the New Testament teaches us that if we would make proper judgment, which is righteous judgment, John 7, 24, Jesus taught us to judge. He taught us to make righteous judgment. That means according to the Word of God, toward me first. Everybody else is not to blame. I'm to blame. If they're treating me wrong, I can make it through that if I'll make righteous judgment. Praise God. All oh, this is good today. God forbid, yeah, let, every, let God be true and every man a liar as it is written that you might be justified in your sayings. God is just in every word He's ever said. You can't change God's mind. You're not going to change anything written in the Word. What He said is what He means. And, and what, he, what He said is what He will function in. Outside of what He said, He won't function in. Amen. God's Word is truth, and all His works are done in truth. Psalms 33, 4. So if we, and God's truth is God's judgment. Let me, let me share another scripture with you here. Zechariah 8 and 16. This is from the Lord through the prophet uh, Zechariah to the people of God. Listen carefully. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Some folk wonder why we just want to get on social media and post scripture, post the truth all the time. Well, God told us to. Remember, 2 Corinthians 5.19, write it down. God has not only, com He's committed His word of reconciliation to us. Not, not the word of how to get rich, not the word of how to uh, be a political. Not, he's committed to the new covenant believers His word of reconciliation. And that reconciliation is not reconciled to a place of being rich in money. or the, It's reconciled to Him. Through the blood of Jesus. That's the word He's reconciled us because that is the word of His righteousness. Amen. Glory to God. And all God's words are in righteousness. That means they will only be found, understood, received, and used properly by faith if our faith is in the cross because that's the only grounds, only place righteousness is, is, is found initially or daily. Take up your cross daily. Hallelujah. Watch this. Zechariah 8 and 16. I'll try to finish this time. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your in your gates. Why truth and peace? Because truth is what makes you free and gives you peace. Colossians 1.20 says that Jesus made our peace by the blood of His cross. And Jesus is the truth, but only what He did at the cross is what gives you liberty and peace and allows you to make righteous judgment. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. We need to know these things. And just because, and let me, let me, I, I forgot something I wanted to say. Just because folk over here can't be faithful to the house of God, they don't, they don't know, they don't know that that's a statement. The way they live as Christians is a statement to all the rest of the Christians that it's okay. 
This, this is okay. It's okay if you only go to church once every other month or once a month. It's, it's okay if you're lackadaisical. It's okay if you're not committed. It's okay if you're not consecrated to the house of God, the people of God, the church that God has given you together. It's okay. That's what the message is when we're not faithful. We have a message in our unfaithfulness. Our message is we're not walking in the truth as we ought to be. Amen. I know some folk don't like this, but that's because they, they're judging something other than according to God's Word. Amen. That's right. Think about that. I'm going to say it again today. Faithfulness to the house of God, God's given you. If you can't be faithful there, you're not being faithful even at home in, in, in your family the way you need to be. It's just not happening. Bickering and arguing and always at each other's, uh, or you think, well, that's not us. We don't do that. Well, maybe you don't talk at all. You, some of you listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. The Lord's trying to help you today. Faithful and true is Jesus. And if we're being faithful to Him, we're walking in the truth. If we're walking in the truth, we're being faithful to Him. You can't separate those two things. When, we, when the truth is there and we know the truth and we're not walking in the truth of God's Word, we can't call ourselves being faithful. And I know what some Christians do. They say, well, Jesus is my truth. He's my faithfulness. And so, every, no, no, no. That's a factual and truthful statement. But because He is your truth and He is faithful... That is even more requirement on you. Amen. I'm not talking about law. I'm talking about the experience and the bearing the fruits of what you have. For those that refuse to bear the fruits of what they have, Jesus taught they're going to be plucked up and burnt, burnt up and, and trodden under the feet of men. Think about that. Not being ugly today. Just being biblical. Think about that. These, these, these Christians in, 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 in the church in Rome were having a problem. That's, that, they were having a problem. They, they were thinking, well, what if these folk over here aren't obeying the Word of God? Because, And let me say it again today. Folk disobeying the Word of God who are Christians are sending out a message to others. It's okay. Let me ask you this question, which should be, for the child of God, very, very convicting. What if every Christian in the world was like you? What a question. See, the Lord asked me that some years ago. What if every Christian in the world was like you? Where would the church be today? That is a staggering, staggering question. And what can happen, we can hear it and we can throw it off and say, well, I'm okay. Well, we're, we're you know, nobody's perfect. And, and, and those are comments the enemy throws, throws in to keep you where you are. But the Holy Spirit is here today and He's offering you an opportunity to repent from your slothfulness, your complacency, and to move on in to a place of faithfulness, and truthfulness. Amen. See, I am an example and I am here to edify the church. I am here to edify my brothers and sisters. 
My brothers and sisters all over the world ought to be able to see me and see my faithfulness to the Lord because of His faithfulness and join right in praying and singing and lifting holy hands and worshiping the Lord, giving of the tithes and offerings. Again, I'll leave you with that staggering question. What if every child of God on the planet today was just like me? And I know we'd all say, well, I have room for growth, Lord. I I need your help. But if that's all we say and then we just go about our business, if it's not a heart-wrenching, a heart-breaking thing such as the Apostle Paul had, let me say it, by the Spirit of God, I need help, Lord. I don't need to stay where I am. I need to be a witness unto you, a testimony to all that know me, to my house mainly, my family, my wife, my children. They need to see me as a worshiper of God. They don't need to hear stories about my past. They need to see me today in the house of God, worshiping God, learning God's Word, walking in the truthfulness of who God is so that His faithfulness can flow through me and a faithfulness to Him and to the people of God through me. Praise God. That's good news. We need to be hearing these things today. I'll have you know we need to be hearing these things today. But Paul goes on to say, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you might be justified in your sayings and might overcome when you're judged. And again, he's talking about, about Psalms 51.4. And David is crying out to the Lord, telling the Lord that you're just in your sayings, your judgment, your sayings, that you might overcome when you're judged. And can I tell you, again, we as Christians, even the lost world is judging God every day. Every human being on the planet But you and I as children of God have been made the righteousness of God and if we'll keep our faith exclusively in the cross alone, we'll be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness and able to bear forth His fruits of righteousness. Amen. Think about that. Think about that. That, What a wonderful treasure that is. And our judgment will be that which is right. Righteous judgment. Hmm. And when we judge God, God won't be overcome. He always overcomes. See, that's why if we judge properly, as I read to you 2 Corinthians 5 and 14, if our judgment today, not 15, not yesterday, if our judgment now, today, because now faith is the substance of what we're hoping for. Faith is not yesterday. Faith is not tomorrow. Hebrews 11 says now faith is. So if our judgment today is that Christ died for me, Christ died for all, that means all were dead. And now that I live this life, I live unto Christ, resurrected from the dead in Him, the life I live now in this flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me, Galatians 2 and 20. If that's my judgment today, I'm going to be led by the Spirit in the path of righteousness. But if I'm still posting videos on social media of of ministers like T.D. Jakes and and, and Benny Hinn and all these other ministers that are not preaching the message of the cross, then that's not where my faith is. 
When your faith gets placed in the cross right now as a child of God, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to open your eyes so that you can make proper righteous judgment about these other ministers. That yes, John the Baptist called names, got his head cut off. Yes, Jesus called names, called people. Uh, Satan told the Pharisees that their daddy was the devil, so don't get mad at me because I called some names. I'm just letting you know, and I can call a hundred names this morning, but I'm just letting you know, if you take your faith to the cross of Jesus Christ today, for the power of God, the provision of God today, for deliverance that you desperately need today, for that spending habit you have, that when you get depressed, you think going and spending money is your answer. That's not your answer. The cross of Christ is your answer. And that's just one of a thousand things we could try to deal with our problems through instead of the cross because we're making wrong judgment. And the moment you begin to take your faith to the cross and you keep it there, the Holy Spirit is the one who encouraged you and guided you to do that, showed you to do that, not Brother Curtis. And when you do what he's telling you to do, he's going to begin to open your eyes and you're going to begin to see that God's judgment is what overcomes. And that's what you and I need in our lives every day is God's judgment overcoming us. Think about that. Every time that you experience victory over something in your life, that is God once again giving you victory, having victory over you because it's His victory. But there is no victory outside of faith in the cross. So all victory we claim we're having because I did this or I, I, I wouldn't do that. No, victory is in Christ. And in Christ speaks of the cross. So we're talking about judgment even if every man judged God to be a liar, every man would still be a liar and God would still be true. So I encourage you, make sure that you're making righteous judgment. And that's not necessarily talking about, it, it does mean doing that which is right, but it means doing that which is right in the eyes of God, it means according to the word, not what's right in your eyes or in the eyes of other men what's right in the eyes of God, which is according to the Word of God. Think about that. Think about that. This, this is powerful to me. This is very, very informative today. God's judgment is God's Word. The truth of God is God's judgment. Think about that. Think about that. We've got about two or three minutes left, and I want to close talking about this. All through the Psalms, you'll see God's Word described as God's judgments. And God began everything with humanity. Even before the foundation of the world, God had already judged that everything man would need would be in the foundation He laid, the slain lamb, His Son being offered as a sacrifice. And then every word He's spoken, every judgment He has spoken, because His Word is His judgment. And therefore, you and I have had His word of reconciliation committed unto us. 2 Corinthians 5.19 Children of God, God has committed His word of reconciliation unto us. And that is God's word of judgment. Not condemnation, but of salvation. Amen. 
We're already born condemned. God ain't sending a condemning word. He's sending a saving word. He sent His living word, His Son, the Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus even said, I didn't come to condemn, I came to save. And you and I, as New Testament believers, have not, we should not be delivering condemning words, but reconciling words, which is the gospel. Amen. Think about that. Think about that. We just have to stop and think about these things. God's Word is God's judgment. And all His words are in righteousness. That means, that's why Jesus said, when you judge, judge righteous judgment. That means according to the Word of God, because all God's words are only found in righteousness. And the righteousness of God, Romans 1, 16 and 17, is only revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. So when we make any kind of judgment, Jesus said it better be righteous judgment. That means we better look into and through the gospel before we try to bring a a righteous word of judgment or it will be out of context. Oh my goodness. I hope you've gotten something out of this today. I pray the Holy Spirit has given you what you need today. This This is what we desperately need to be learning, to be hearing. God's Word in the light of the one who said, I am the light, Jesus Christ, and what he did to allow the light of who he is to be turned on in our lives. And that was the giving of himself, the offering of himself as a sinless sacrifice on the cross for you and for me. And I know the Holy Spirit is speaking loudly and he's speaking very clearly today. And he's pointing straight to Jesus and what he did at Calvary for there. If He can get you to the cross to take up your cross daily, which is to keep your faith in what He did for you at Calvary, then He will be able to teach you His words of righteousness. And then you'll no longer be as those that should by now be teaching, but you'll be found exercising your senses according to the word of righteousness. And your judgment will be righteous judgment. And your example as a Christian, because you're now judging properly, will be that which other Christians should see and the world will even see and desire. Praise God, I love you and I'm here delivering this truth because God loves you through me. And He wants us to understand the Word. And we can if we'll study His Word in righteousness, in truth. And and, and He is trying to reach for His people today to bring them back to this place of of boldness and courage and most of all, the path of righteousness where our judgment of Him can be correct and He will be found overcoming in our lives each and every day. God bless you. I love you. And every Monday and Thursday, at least by lunch, there will be a new Teaching in Romans uploaded to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Until next time, God bless you and stay determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified.